BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Oh, it's getting hot in here. Oh, the temperatures in the 90s in different places. It's no good. I don't like it. Oh, I'm such a whiner. Oh, man, when it comes to the, the heat, I just don't do. I don't do. I don't like the drought. I don't like the heat. I don't like it. So not only do we have the heat, not only do we have the drought, not only do we have fires uh, that are burning, you know, these multi-million dollar estates, uh, which stinks, um, we are facing some massive limitations on the future of water uh this is we're 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 only moments away from newsom coming out and extending uh governor jerry brown's governor choo-choo's uh directions to if it's yellow let it mellow if it's brown flush it down uh advice we're at the point where we don't have any we just got nothing uh nothing uh was uh reading about the recommendation that governor batman gave us I am batman. about cutting our water usage and the recommendation was we want to conserve uh 15 percent right let's cut water usage by 15 percent all right great so what did we do we did the most california thing possible we used 19 percent more than last time so let's see uh we were asked to cut 15%. So if uh, if our baseline is zero, we were asked to go to negative 15. Instead, we went to plus 19, which means we only missed our mark by... Well, 15, 19, so... 34%! Good job. Just all the way around. Just really well done. Really well done. All the way around. Always frustrates me. It frustrates me because I know I'm supposed to cut back on my water usage and I'm not watering the lawn. I'm not doing it right. I'm trying to, my wife always yells at me if I'm in the shower too long. She says, save some for the fish, right? So we're all trying to cut back on our water usage, all that stuff. But 
somehow we, in general, are using more uh, than what we were in the past. And we're looking at another drought, uh, another extending the drought that we have, right? We're looking at this getting uh, worse. And we already have fires. And you know what we used to put out fires? This is going to blow your mind. Water. I know, it's crazy, right? So the more fires we have, the more water we need to fight fires. The more water that we use up, the less water we have. If we have less water, things are drier. If things are drier, we have more fires. This is not a good cycle to be stuck in. We are really hosed right now. Pun intended. So what do we do about this? we got to find ways to either conserve more water and or get more water here. Since, in the last segment I was talking about, we have been unable to control weather uh, thus far, although I do think there's going to come a time, at some point, we're going to have the technology to do it, but it's not its not right now. Without us being able to, to bring more water in, and our water supplies continue to shrink, whether it's water supplies coming from Northern California or water supplies coming from from uh, uh, Nevada, Nevada or, or the Colorado River, whatever it might be, with the dwindling water supplies, we're not able to get more here. So what do we do? We've got a couple of options. Uh, the wastewater treatment, I think, is probably the most promising and the and the quickest to go uh, to be able to put into effect. We're going to have to implement some stringent uh, conservation uh, rules and start demanding hardscape around Southern California, and I hate that. Well, I I hate uh, hardscape. I've uh, I've mentioned before when I first uh, came here, I I left uh, in February from Kansas City, February of 2012 from Kansas City, and I got to Southern California on the I think it was the 20th. I pulled into town. I rolled into town. Um, maybe it was maybe it was the 19th, and I went to I went to work on the 20th. It was my first day. Whatever it was, as I as I come through Nevada and uh, and I'm on 15 I was going to San Diego at the time I was working down there and I and I kind of got into Riverside and I started looking around and I went oh man well okay once I got through Riverside because I, I was like look at all the trains uh, but then I, I got so that I was near the mountains and I went this is beautiful it's so green it's so lush now granted it was February right but uh, it was just it was beautiful so it hadn't dried out. It wasn't too hot. It was so fantastic. And then I get towards San Diego, and I've got the ocean on one side, and I've got the green mountains over here. And I was like, this is, this is, I'm home. This is wonderful. And all the homes had had uh, beautiful lawns. Everything was manicured. And I, and I thought, this is, this is great. Uh, you know, I had lived in, I had lived in, in Phoenix in the past, and, and I never liked being in that area. It was always too hot, and I hate the hot. I'm miserable. Uh, there's never enough water. Everybody had hardscape, and I always and I grew up in the Midwest where grass was a right, not a privilege. And so when I came here, I was like, "Oh, look, there's grass. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love that." Coming out of Kansas, I was going to to the Southwest again, and I thought, "Oh man, I hope that there's grass. Oh, there was grass. It was beautiful." Sadly, we're gonna have to get rid of all that beautiful grass. So the next person that's coming into Southern California for the first time is not going to have that, that great reaction. of uh, They might see some lushness in some of the mountains, some green in, in February, uh, but they're not going to see the lush lawns. We are going to have to replace the lawns. It's going to have to happen. Going to have to have hardscape or artificial uh, uh, grass. 
it's going to have to happen all over. I mean, we're already seeing it. We already know that this is it's a profitable business uh, here, but we're going to have to see more of it. We have to. With water usage going up 19%, first of all, there is no there is no water available for your lawn. Your lawn's going to die. Either you're going to have a dirt lawn or you're going to hardscape that sucker. You're not going to have a choice. Because if you turn your sprinklers on, that means that you're taking water away from somebody that needs to drink it. And if we can't take shorter showers, and if we can't uh, if we can't figure out how to not double flush things, right? We're gonna we're gonna be in a bad situation. I know I'm oversimplifying it, and I know that the majority of our water usage is probably agricultural and industrial, uh, or it, it's being used in the hospitals or the prisons or whatever it might be. But just the same, friends, the idea that we're being asked to cut by fifteen percent, and instead, as a state, as a whole which means that some areas have seen lots more, uh, we're missing the mark by 34%. We actually use, well, we use 19% more than we did before. I don't know how. Uh, we got a problem. We're going to have to cut our use, and we're going to have to bring more water in. And, as I mentioned, I think water treatment is one great way to do that. Another one that I've seen people talking about is desalination. Although, did you see that the Coastal Commission just, they just said, no way to the, the desal plant they were going to put in uh, um, uh, Huntington Beach, they said, uh, no. Coastal Commission says, uh, no. Which is pretty much all the Coastal Commission does. The Coastal Commission's entire job is to say, uh, no, to just about everything. Uh, the staff of the Coastal Commission recommended that the commission say, uh, no, and they did. So they denied the permit for the Poseidon uh, Water uh, company to build a desal plant in uh, Huntington Beach. Uh, they were concerned with um, uh, hazards such as sea level rise, uh, presenting hurdles for desal plants. Uh, a great deal of uh, opposition from the locals. They didn't like that. Uh, so anyway, looks like that's not going to happen. Uh, some people are concerned with the uh, with it uh, being harmful to the environment. So you really had you had uh, you had your Huntington Beach people that said, "Well, we don't want this desal plant in our neighborhood." Then you had the environmentalists that said, "Oh, you're going to kill the 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 plankton. You can't do that." And uh, you know, others that said, "Well, this is no what you can't build a desal plant here because that would be a commercial venture." And all of a sudden, you're turning our our water into uh, a a pay to drink situation. Well, bad news on that front, friends. We already pay to drink. We got some crazy water rates right now, and we still, for some reason, aren't using less of it. I don't know what the fix is on that. Charge you more, I guess. We either cut back, or it's going to start costing us severely. Uh, all right, still to come here. NATO could be expanding. Russia says do that, and there's going to be trouble. I don't know if any of us believe it though. That is next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM six forty. It's more stimulating talk. Oh, the Ruskies aren't happy. Russia's mad. Oh, I feel terrible about Russia being mad. Don't you feel bad when Russia gets upset about things? I don't. I really don't. Uh, and I feel like it's we've got this weird generational thing going on right now. Have you noticed? I've noticed this because my kids are in their early 20s. And so they're sort of of the opinion, like, what did Russia ever do to us? But those of us that grew up uh, during the Cold War, and for me, the Cold War ended when I was 11. 
All right. So the the wall. I was born in seventy eight. Wall comes down in eighty nine. So that was pretty much it. But my early years, right? All the movies and everything else, like Wolverine. It was all about the the Ruskies. Rocky was all about fighting uh, the the Russians, right? Uh, and so. Which one was that? Deborah, do you remember? Was that Rocky Four that had uh, the fight with the Russian? Uh, whatever that was. So, I don't right, remember, that was, actually. Okay. All right. So this is, uh, so for those of us, we always, like, Russia was sort of, that was sort of our default, they're the bad guys, right? And then all of a sudden, they have the collapse of the Berlin Wall, and Russia goes into this deep, deep economic blah, and all this other stuff. And people that were born after that never really looked at Russia the same way that we did. My kids never did. They go, why do we care? Why, what's the problem with Russia? Why are they? Why is everybody up on Russia? And I, all of a sudden, I feel like Vladimir Putin is just bringing out the worst in the relationship history. It's just bad. It's like, you know, Russia, we had gotten to a good place. And then all of a sudden, you got a little, uh, you got a little, uh, you got a little Khrushchev on us, suddenly. Don't know why, but you got a little Khrushchev on us. So now... I think those of us that are a little bit older, we go, screw Russia, down with Russia. And my kids are going, why is everybody so mad about Russia? Why is Russia doing this? I thought they were our friends. And I, you know, the older generations are like, Russia's never been our friend. I felt like we had pretty good relations with Russia there for a good, a solid 20 plus years, didn't we? Am I wrong on that? I thought, I thought things were getting, I thought things were good until Putin comes in and then it's like, eh, you can't trust Russia again. So Russia's all, they're getting all, they're getting their Russian panties in a wad. And uh, and now you've got Finland and Sweden that want to join NATO. And Russia is not happy about that. So Jen Psaki, the uh, uh, press secretary with one foot out the door for the Biden administration, was asked about uh, Finland and Sweden. Let's see if she says anything useful. The United States would support a NATO application by Finland and or Sweden should they choose to apply. We, of course, will respect whatever decision they make. Uh, both Finland and Sweden are close and valued defense partners of the United States. And, and we love their chocolates. And of NATO. We, of course, support uh, the NATO's, NATO's open door policy and the aspirations of any country to apply to join. Uh, but I think this speaks to our longstanding uh, relationship uh, and military partnerships with Finland and Sweden. As it relates to Russia, you caused this. Look at the mirror. Look at the mirror. Look at, look, I think it's look in the mirror, but that's fine, Jen. You're, you got one foot out the door. Who cares? So, sounds like Finland wants into NATO. Finland wasn't super interested in being a part of NATO until Russia starts going after former Soviet uh, states. Uh, and uh, I played earlier in the show, I played a, a clip uh, from when. Um, what was the, it? Was one of the Baltic states? Anyway, I forgot already. This is uh, this is how much I'm up on it. Uh, one of the we got the the former Baltic states that Russia's trying to bring back in. Um, we've got uh, oh Montenegro, thank you. We've got uh, we've got this deal with Ukraine. Of course, Russia was was uh, they annexed the, the Crimea Peninsula back in 2014, and that was under Obama's watch. And now this is happening uh, today, where they're suddenly they're trying to just. Just take a little bit more and a little bit more. And Finland's looking at things, and they're going, you know, we're awfully close to the former Eastern Bloc. Uh, we're not crazy about what's going on here with Russia. Uh, so I think it's going to be in our best interest to send a signal to Russia not to screw with us at all. Don't even think about coming here because we've already buddied up with the biggest bully uh, on the block, and that is uh, NATO. 
right, which is run by the United States, and I know that we're kind of the figurehead of it, but it's like, uh, you know what? Finland says it's like they just got to prison, and they have to they they got to join a gang, or just everybody's gonna take them, right? Everybody's gonna come after Finland unless they join the gang. So they go, okay, you know what? We're gonna join this gang over here. We're gonna join the NATO gang. And Ukraine is saying, I don't want to be in Russia's gang. I want to be in the NATO gang. I want to be in the cool guy gang. So you've got a, a bunch of other countries that are going, Russia, you're you're just a bully, and we don't really like you, and this gang is going to let us have more peas at lunch, so we're going to join that prison gang. That's basically what we're doing right now. We're just recruiting other people to be in our prison gang. And Russia says, no, we are a tough prison gang. You join our prison gang. The deal with Sweden, and people are they keep talking about Sweden, Russia loves going to war with Sweden. If you look back at the history, I think we are in the longest period of time since, I looked this up when, just a few weeks ago I looked this up, I think it's since the 13th century, I think it's the 13th century, uh, it's the longest period of time that Russia hasn't gone to war with Sweden. I could be off by a couple hundred years, but don't worry about that. Don't, it's a couple hundred years here and there has never hurt anybody. Anyway, it's a, this is like the longest stretch that they've gone without having a war with Sweden. So Sweden says, at some point, Russia's going to come after us again because that's what they do. This is just what history shows us is going to happen. And Putin is taking a page out of the playbook of so many different leaders of Russian history. Sweden goes, eh, let's just let's just join the, the NATO gang over here. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we might have to give them some of our desserts, but, it, you know, at least we'll have some of the meal uh, during our, our, our prison time, uh, dinner time. That's what they're saying. And because my analogy definitely works. There is nothing wrong with my analogy. There's no reason for you to, to question my analogy. It's perfect. You're welcome. The uh, the Russians are not happy about the responses. And Turkey is not even really crazy about that. Turkey is saying we don't really want Finland to join uh, NATO. Now, Turkey's tried to be kind of in the middle here. They're, they're trying to be the person who's running messages back and forth between the, the two different prison gangs in my perfect analogy. Uh, but they are not happy about the idea of Finland joining uh, NATO. Uh, Turkey could use its membership in the Western Military Alliance, uh, NATO, to veto moves to admit the two countries. So Turkey's in NATO, but they don't really want Sweden and Finland to be a part of it. Uh, Turkish leader explaining his opposition by citing that Sweden or other Scandinavian countries allegedly support uh, Kurdish militants and others whom Turkey consider to be terrorists. So this comes back to Turkey's beef with those uh, those uh, uh, Scandinavian countries in general has nothing to do, at least on the face, with any sort of allegiance to, to Russia. But Russia says the the U.S.-centric world is going to collapse and you're joining the wrong prison team. <laughs> yeah, I Listen, I'm a master of analogies. Don't question my perfect analogies. They're, they're dynamite. They're well thought out. They're definitely not something I just came up with on the fly. Not going to happen. Anyway, uh, Dmitry Medvedev says that there's going to be a number of global consequences to the sanctions imposed on his country and that uh, they are now going to become the new... Uh, hegemony in the world. Uh, he is mistaken. Yeah. I'm not saying that the United States is going to be all-powerful forever, but right. Russia is not going to get what they think they're going to get. It's just not going to happen. 
All right, you just got a phone call from a super celebrity. I have bad news for you. Unless you're a super celebrity, your phone call was probably trying to take advantage of you. That is coming up. First, on KFI AM 640, we're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. And- hey, oh, it's uh, John and Ken Show. Chris Merrill in for the boys this evening, uh, this afternoon, I guess. It's uh, great to be here on uh, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. You, uh, you just got a phone call from The Matrix. Hello, Neo. Sadly, you chose the wrong pill and you are now uh, living in a fantasy. Uh, I got to tell you, unless you know or have business with Keanu Reeves, and chances are if you have business with Keanu Reeves, you're still not going to talk to him on the phone. He's not calling you. Um, So unless you are a close confidant of Keanu Reeves, that's not him that's calling you or sending you text messages. This is a scam that's happening, and evidently this is happening to an awful lot of people, whether it's Keanu Reeves or other celebrities. It's uh, what they're calling an impersonator scam. And the impersonators, the, the fraudsters, the scam artists, sort of tap into that little bit of us that wants it to be a celebrity, that, that wants our attention. It, it's sort of like if somebody called me and said, uh, ding dong, this is Tim Conway Jr. just calling to say hi, I would, I would immediately say, oh my gosh, I love you. Right? I would, I would want that to be Tim. Tim's never called me. Tim likely will never call me. But I want to live in this fantasy where Tim wants to be my friend, you see, and the, and so Deborah always says, you know, just stay behind me. Don't get too close to Tim. He doesn't he doesn't really want you that that close. Um, and I appreciate you, you know, saving my hide on that, Deborah. Because well, I, I don't want this, you to be embarrassed. I have a huge man crush on him. Uh, be honest with you, I got a huge man crush. Uh, but have you ever have you ever talked to a celebrity in your personal life has a celebrity ever called you out of the blue in your personal life called me no yeah just called you or text you out of the blue no no exactly and you are a super celebrity in los angeles right i mean it's far more likely somebody's going to contact you than some rando i had a friend of mine who she don't ask me why i don't know i was living in kansas at the time and she had a massive crush you would never guess this you would never guess this she had a massive crush on the New England Patriots. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Tom Brady, right? Of no. course. No. She had a massive crush on the long snapper. The guy that would run out and snap the ball to the punter or to the the, the guy that would hold the ball for place kicks. He was only on the field for like uh, five plays a game. For whatever reason, she had this massive crush. She starts getting these anonymous texts. And she convinces herself that it's this guy who just reached out to her out of the blue. And she says, is this whatever the name of the guy was at the time? I don't even remember. And he says, oh, you found me out. What? And we're all screaming at her. Her name was Lynn. She was, she was one of the, she's one of the loveliest people I know. And I said, we all said, Lynn, no, it's not him. There's, <laughs> she was like 58 years old, heavy set, three kids, recent divorce, piles of bills and she thinks that a professional football player from 1500 miles away just randomly got her phone number and sent her a text message and she's like no i think it, it is him he said it was no these scammers just tap into our desire to be close to somebody super famous and i was i was watching the story on ktla I'll, I'll, I'll share some of it with you here because i felt so bad for this woman who believed 
Keanu Reeves had just randomly struck up a, a text message conversation with her. To this day, this morning, I received yesterday and today eight texts from this Keanu Reeves guy. Yeah, she means this Keanu Reeves guy. Or this one, if you prefer. They're showing movie clips in the in the news report. I have emails and chats and texts and pictures and stuff that I dare any girl to read these and not believe it's true. They- oh, my gosh. You, now, they don't say it in the story, but do you think maybe that this impersonator was sending D-pics to her? Yeah. Maybe, but then if she yes. really thought that that was Keanu, right. there's something seriously wrong with her. Okay, I'm going to have to prove it to you that it's really me. So I've taken a picture of my most private area, and I'm asking you not to share this with anyone because I could totally get into a lot of trouble if you were to do that. And if you shared this with the tabloids, it would ruin me. So I'm really expressing a lot of trust and faith in you and our relationship. Right? It's ridiculous. Then, yeah. Ah! I see what you did there. They go right to your heart. Pamela Landers wasn't really being wooed by one of the world's biggest movie stars. She was a victim of what are known as imposter or impersonation scams. The Keanu Reeves scam is a relatively recent version of this racket. And one so effective, victims have been reported being conned by it both nationwide and around the world. Impersonation scams are, uh, they come in a number of varieties, uh, whether that's a government impersonation or business impersonation. I think we've all gotten those government impersonations, haven't we? And we all get the business impersonations like, oh, your car warranty is set to expire. Please contact us now. I get phone calls probably once a week from, hi, this is AT&T DirecTV calling about your account. I don't have AT&T or DirecTV, <laughs> right? But it's always they have a, a big discount on my account, right? And it's like once a week I get this. I get calls that uh, there's, an, uh, there's a warrant out for my arrest. I get calls about uh, that I owe the IRS money. I, I get, get all kinds too, of yeah. weird things. I had the IRS one, and I don't know. Some I'm always torn between wait, screwing with them and wasting their time, um, and uh, and just hanging up and, and moving on with my life. I probably should hang up and move on with my life. But one time I had the IRS guy call, and he had a very thick Indian accent, and he was he was from the IRS, you know. And I and I said, "Oh my gosh, which IRS?" And he said, "The IRS." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like. Wait a minute. What does that? What does IRS even stand for? He says IRS, the taxes. <laughs> so I, I go. What? But what IRS? It stands for something. He says it stands for the taxes. It's for your taxes. You have to pay me the taxes. And of course, it was something where he wanted Target gift cards to pay my my tax bill. Oh right? my god. And I said, Oh man. I go. Where are you calling from? He says, I'm calling from Washington. And I go, The state? And he says, From the IRS. <laughs> so. It was one of those where I was sort of amusing myself and wasting his time, you know, because I thought the longer I keep him on, that's somebody else that he's not trying to scam. But, oh, good point. You know, yeah, then I just kind of got bored with it. Uh, anyway, I'm just imagining, I'm imagining getting the phone call. By the way, KTLA reached out to him. They reached out to Keanu Reeves to try to get a statement. And you know what Keanu Reeves did? He didn't text them. He didn't text he didn't answer the phone. Do you know why? Because he's Keanu Reeves. That's why. He doesn't have to. Unless you're his agent, he doesn't care at all. And I'm just imagining these these phone calls coming, or, the, you know, a text message coming out of nowhere and and going from that point where, you know, you're skeptical, but you want to believe it. And this poor woman, by the way, in the she she seemed like a very reasonable individual who just 
kind of let her heart get ahead of her brain. And what do you suppose the first text says, Deborah? I mean, I'm just imagining a text comes in going, hey, this is Keanu Reeves. Do you want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> or is it like, hey, girl, you like to drive buses real fast? <laughs> oh, my gosh, it really is him, right? Can't wait to take you on a cruise in my phone booth. Cool. Whoa. You know I've been waiting all day just to use yeah, those I two know. lines, right? I know. You Thank have any you. more right. before we break? Nope. 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 I, 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 I promised myself I wouldn't go, you know, overboard with this one. I wouldn't do it. You may have. Uh, uh, just with those two? Yeah. It was bad enough? Yeah. yeah you're the one that said ridiculous. So, I, know. Uh, I, know, I know. Right? I think we're I even know. on that one. All right. We'll talk about dummy pilots in just a second. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640 live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. More stimulating talk on uh, KFI AM 640. Uh, when you were in high school, did you ever do that? We did this a few times. We'd come up to a stoplight, and then um, we would jump out of the car and run around the car and then get back in the car. I don't think I ever did, did that. You never did that? That's I boring. think we call it, Yeah, we did. Or you would switch. So if you're in a car and somebody else is in another car, you'd, you'd come up to the stoplight. You'd both stop, and then you'd jump out, and the drivers would switch cars. And then and they try to do that before the light turned green. And we, we always call it a Chinese fire drill, but that oh, seems yeah. kind of racisty. Yeah, yeah, I know. But that, that... I think that back in the day, I think that's what it was called. That's what it called? Okay. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to make... I'm not trying to be racist. I'm just trying to give people an image of, of what was going on. So looking back on it now, it was always kind of dumb. I've seen YouTube videos of people that will put the car in idle, and then they jump out, and then they run around the car, all the way around the car, and they try to jump back into the car. Uh, which doesn't seem really all that challenging to me, uh, other than you just kind of have to race your own car, which, first of all, not super challenging and kind of dumb. So I don't really get that. Um, but imagine uh, taking that to the next level, all right? Imagine if you're trying to swap vehicles while those vehicles are headed toward a crash, all right? So do you think you could do... First of all... I'd like to think you and I are smart enough not to do that, right? Uh, yeah, I think, yes. Okay. Ding, right. ding, ding, but, ding, ding. All right, very good. But you've seen YouTube, so you know there are plenty of people out there. Yeah. What if, Deborah, I could get you a sponsor to do it? Hmm. What if I could get you somebody that would cover the cost of the vehicle and give you Boku bucks? How much? And they would film it, and it would play on Hulu. You know? I don't know. I don't it know it depends on how much. Depends on how much. All right. Yeah. You said but all Boku. of a sudden you're you're going okay, all right. You know, I mean, if somebody's going to give me what fifty grand or something, uh, all, right. all right. We're going to go through all the different safety precautions. We're going to try to do this right. All right. Now you're thinking about it, aren't you? I am. All right. That's what happened in April in Arizona. Now, the reason it happened in Arizona was the the vehicles that I'm talking about weren't your your regular uh, Chevrolets and Fords and Beamers and Mercs. No. They were Cessnas. Hmm. Now that takes it to a different level, doesn't it? The FAA is revoking the license of two pilots involved in the unauthorized Red Bull plane swap stunt that took place in Arizona. The pilots tried to swap planes while the planes were descending. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Thank you. So the stunt pilots, they had to jump out of the planes... And they did basically a mid-air, well, like we used to call it the Chinese fire drill. So they're trying to switch planes mid-air. So imagine you get your plane, you try to slow the plane down, you point the plane 
downward because it really doesn't work in any other direction since you're going to be falling as soon as you exit the plane. It means that the other the other plane has to be falling too. So you get those planes even, and then you get the planes going straight down, and you jump out. Or at least at, at, at a decline anyway, right? And you jump out. And you have to do this in such a manner that you can slow or, or accelerate your descent in order to get to the cockpit of the other plane. And so these planes are going down, and both pilots go, we're ready, three, two, one. And they, they jump out of the planes, and the planes are descending, and one guy, uh, they, they cross each other, and one guy is able to get into the cockpit of the other plane, get that plane under control before it hits the ground. The other guy is not. He is not able to get into the cockpit in time. And so... That's terrifying. Oh, no. Now, fortunately, he was smart enough to know, uh-oh, this is a stunt gone bad. And he pulled the ripcord and watched the plane crash. These guys had gone through all the different safety precautions. They had worked out different scenarios. They had they'd done everything that they could to try to make the stunt go off. And if the stunt doesn't go off, to make sure everybody's safe. Excuse me. This is why they did this in Arizona. They just went to some place where uh, either uh, nobody would uh, uh, notice uh, or if they did land and, and wipe out a suburb, nobody would care. So they, they chose Arizona. Makes sense to me. I've lived there. So this is what happened. One guy able to bring it under control. The other guy is not. The FAA gets involved and says, uh, you know what? You guys don't need to be flying anymore. The guys actually asked the FAA ahead of time if they could do this, and the FAA said, no. So it was streamed on Hulu. It was sponsored by Red Bull, which evidently does not give you wings. And uh, and then the whole thing went to went to crap. And <laughs> done. Um, in a statement shared on Instagram last month, because that's what we do now, is we just we drop a, a pic of our statement on Insta. I don't really understand this. Uh, the one pilot said he made the personal decision to move forward with the plane swap. Despite the FAA saying no, um, he said uh, they were seeking an exemption from the rule that pilots must be at the tiller of the plane with safety belts fastened. That seems like a, such a strange law for the FAA to have, doesn't it? I, it's like the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration requiring you to drive your vehicle at all times. It's just what nutbags, nah. The FAA is also going to find the pilot just shy of $5,000 for abandoning his pilot seat and operating an aircraft in a reckless manner. Doesn't that doesn't that seem like kind of a low yeah, that fine? Does. Like you're going to get 5,000? Yeah, right? I mean, if this if there had been somebody on the ground, granted it would have been Arizona, not many people would have cared cuz you know, I live there. Nobody cares. But still, that's problematic. $5,000 doesn't seem like much of a fine. I mean, you get a bigger fine in the NBA for flipping off a fan than you get for abandoning a plane and watching it drop to the ground below. Seems a little peculiar to me. All right, we'll talk about the uh, the shortage of baby food next. Formula, I should say. That's next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. 
or visit buylegacygold.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.